Hey two scientist friends, this is Palm Bay, your host, wishing you a belated Happy New Year, but coming to you with the promise of shiny new things to listen to in 2019. Some of you already know that our podcast is part of a larger organisation called Scientist Inc. Those that don't can find us on all fine forms of social media should you want to learn more about our work. In the meanwhile, though, the other big project that Scientist Inc. runs is the annual Taste of Science Festival, which is coming up at the end of April this year. Why do I bring it up now? Well, today's episode is a recording from a live event in Washington, D.C. to give you a little taste of what our festival is like. Ha ha ha. Should you like what you hear, you can go to our website, tasteofscience.org, to find out if we're in a city near you. For this episode, though, a special shout-out goes to Kasha Patel and DC Science Comedy for partnering with Taste of Science DC for this event. We'll have links to all involved on our website, twoscientists.org. Now, though, on with the show. Is the wireless mic? Doesn't look like it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Thanks, Haywood. So like I said, I'm Tara Bracken. I'm the city coordinator for Taste of Science, Washington, DC. Uh, we're actually a national science cafe. This year, we just hit 18 cities, if you can believe it. Um, and we host events in DC throughout the year, just bringing your local neighborhood scientists into bars and museums and get them a little drunk and have them talk to you about science. It's a lot more fun than it sounds. Um, <laughs> we, um, every year we do a week-long festival where all of our cities around the country uh, host events through the, at the same time throughout the whole week. Um, it's actually one of the biggest science festivals in the country, which again is cooler than it sounds. <laughs> so um, check us out on Facebook, Taste of Sci DC, um, or Twitter to find out what events we have coming up. We're probably going to have another one at the end of July, early August. Um, so check us out on social, see what we've got going on. Uh, this year, uh, this is our second annual Wait Wait event with DC Science Comedy and our friend Kasha Patel. Uh, last year was pretty fun, but it was a little more depressing. It was about climate change. Uh, it got a little dark. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. So this year we thought, hey, how about we talk about conservation instead of just the Earth is, you know, in trouble. <laughs> so um, I guess with that, we can start the show and um, maybe have our intro music begin. There we go. <laughs> From Taste of Science DC and DC Science Comedy, this is Wait, Wait, Earth Isn't Doomed, the first ever science comedy news quiz that won't send you spiraling into a nihilistic depression. And now, from DC Science Comedy, she's got a show in May. It's Kasha Patel. Thanks, everyone. We're totally with it. Would you like me to do it? I can do it also. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Kasha, Pat uh, Kasha Patel. I am DC Science Comedy uh, founder. And thank you, Tara, for uh, the great introduction. Thank you to Haywood. You'll actually see him. He's going to be our Bill Curtis for tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up Haywood Turnipseed. He'll be our commentator, he'll be leading a few of the segments, and he'll also be our scorekeeper for tonight, so he gets to sit in the illustrious, uh, very comfortable-looking stool. <laughs> um, I'm very excited about our panelists, too. Uh, they, 
This might have been like one of the dorkiest green room conversations I've ever had because they just kept talking about like, oh, have you heard about this uh, climate change conservation thing? I'm like, you guys, like they're genuinely interested in it. <laughs> um, and also we will find out whether or not Earth Isn't Doomed is a sarcastic title to this show or not. So please uh, let me introduce our first panelist, Tom D. Liberto. He's a meteorologist, scientist, and a storyteller. He is currently a federal contractor working as a meteorologist with NOAA. Yeah! <laughs> Our next panelist is Jesse Dykeman, who is a uh, conservation biologist at the zoo, uh, Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institute Center for Conservation and Sustainability. That is way longer to say than it looks like on this piece of paper. <laughs> Um, and last, yes, yes. And last, but certainly not least, Julie Spears. Come on out. Hooray! She is a sustainability expert working as a sustainability officer at the National Science Foundation. Uh, at NSF, Spears helps identify the way the agency can do its part to go green. All right, guys, so I'm very excited uh, to have this start. Hey, Wood, I will give you the wireless microphone. Thank you, Kasha. <laughs> All right, we also, uh, I chose Hey, Wood because he has the perfect announcer voice. <laughs> it's quite soothing, and it'll make a uh, good time for, we are recording this show. Uh, so, uh, congratulations, you guys are on video. <laughs> <laughs> this is All the right. first R&B science fest. <laughs> 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 Alright, how many of you have seen, uh, listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? Alright, uh, how many of you guys are going to be mad if this is not exactly like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? Uh, there are no refunds. Uh, you can only get refunds 24 hours before the show, you're too late. So... Um, yeah, we're just going to have a casual time. Uh, we have a bucket. You guys put your names in those. Uh, we'll get that here in a little bit. And uh, we're just going to have a good time. If you guys win, maybe you'll win like a free tote bag or something like that. And uh, you'll feel good about yourself. All right. So our first yes, segment. Our first segment is, it normally is who's Bill this time. But obviously, it, we don't have Bill because we have someone better than Bill. We have who's Haywood this time. Bill is Haywood this time. <laughs> and Haywood is actually doing his best smooth guy announcer voice this week. So Haywood will be your R&B slash host. And my name is Haywood, as in, hey, would you come home with me this evening? <laughs> and listen to the smooth sounds of the ocean. <laughs> it's almost at your window. The climate is changing. <laughs> If you guys are groaning at that, you're not going to like this show. <laughs> 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 All right, so for this first segment, we're going to say, Haywood is going to say a quote that was said by a person uh, kind of famous. Um, this is all science-related, conservation-related. Um, some of it's from a little bit. It's all pretty topical. Um, and we're going to ask each of our panelists to see if they can identify the person. All right, so Haywood, take it away. The most boring constellation, Triangulum Australis, a profound lack of imagination. Any three stars in the sky make a triangle. 
Julie, you want to take it? Who said it? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> would you like? Uh, would you like a clue? Yes. Would give you give like me a clue? <laughs> uh, uh, black astronomer. Uh, oh, what's his name? <laughs> Not Galileo. Grass. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That was close. What What did you say? Neil deGrasse? Oh, Neil oh, deGrasse. Oh, oh, you said it all fancy. She said Doug, you you whitified that name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Too much French. Uh. Neil deGrasse High, Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> Point one. Hooray. Point to Julie. All right, Tom, you ready for the second one? As, well, as ready as I'll ever be. So let's, it's not another black astronomer, it's just the only... Uh, it is all black astronomers. <laughs> it's all black astronomers. You caught us doing, yeah. we have extended Black History Month. <laughs> because it's May, I don't know. Are you ready? Sure. Palo will be midnight cherry, Tesla roaster plank, excuse me. Halo will be my midnight cherry Tesla roaster playing Space Oddity. Destination is Mars orbit. We'll be in deep space for a billion years or so if it doesn't blow up on ascent. Is that Elon Musk? That is Elon <laughs> Musk. Do you know how much does Tesla cost? More than a federal contractor can afford. Oh, it's probably, I'm gonna, I don't so know how much you make, but I'm going to say three times as much. <laughs> Is it like uh, 150,000? More. 350,000? Less. 250,000? $250, $250,000 right. on this Tesla Roadster. And he had a mannequin. What was the mannequin's name? It's very uncreative, especially if you're a man who likes to look at the stars. Oh, this is like getting deep, I feel, and philosophical. I was going to say man if it's a mannequin, but. Um, <laughs> Close. Manny? He's like the star. Okay, we have the entire show to get to. <laughs> Starman is the name of the mannequin. Yeah. Uh, although new research suggests that the vehicle will cruise through space for tens of millions of years with slight chances, only slight chances, of colliding with Earth or Venus in the distant future. How so. good is the rust job? <laughs> uh, you'll have to ask Elon about that. <laughs> All right, um, our last quote is going to be for Jesse. All right. Based Bring on our analysis, there are clear indicators that we are in the early stages of global sustainability revolution that has the magnitude of the industrial revolution and the speed of the digital revolution. There is plenty to be optimistic about, but a lot of work still to do. Wow, I mean, like, anybody could say that because we're all s hashtag Earth Optimism. Um, <laughs> How about Al Gore? That sounds like something Al Gore would that say. That is correct. That is Al <laughs> Vice President Gore. I am very impressed. <laughs> um, yeah, so he actually wrote a recent Wired article, if anyone has read it, with investor David Blood. They wrote about how companies are actually doing a lot in terms of being sustainable, and they actually made an analysis saying companies are producing greener products like electric cars, and plant-based milks instead of cow's milk and encouraging people, specifically millennials, to use their products in a more sustainable way. Um, so that actually was just released this past week. So good job, Jesse. Everyone gets a point. Everyone yeah. has scored. <laughs> Not like the prom, huh? <laughs> What's prom? No comments. <laughs> I, I never got it good at that.
I studied chemistry, I didn't do that. <laughs> I studied chemistry, I didn't experience chemistry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna go to... <laughs> Hence the R&B science event. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that music indicates... Indicates that Tesla's car is coming back a lot faster than we were thought it was going to, is what that means. Um, but music indicates that that is end of round one. We're going into our next round, which is panel questions. Hooray! Hey. All right. We all know how panel questions are. Uh, we ask uh, questions about less serious stories, and you get a point for each correct answer. So here we go. Uh, Julie, question number one. All right. All right. <laughs> Democrats promised their 2008 convention in Denver would be the greenest convention in history. One way that they urged people to save water was to ask the public to wear this article of clothing for four days in a row. What article of clothing did they tell people to wear four days in a row? God, I hope it's not underwear. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Your shirt? A shirt? Um, is that your final answer? Unless you want to give me a clue, I missed that one. Uh, <laughs> you already said it, and it's not shirt. Underwear? Underwear. Oh, I was hoping I was wrong. You are not wrong. So Denver actually put up a billboard, a billboard, telling the public to wear their underwear for four days in a row with instructions. Forwards one day backwards the next, then inside out for two more. Better not be thongs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes me wonder, what's, Tom, you're looking at me. What's, this is why you shouldn't make eye contact with the host. Never look at you again, Cash, I promise. What's the longest you've ever worn your underwear for? You know, we've all been row? in college once, and you know, mm. you're lazy. I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever kept count. I didn't have like a ticker on the when I left. Like, oh, this is the same pair of underwear I've worn for the last three days. Probably. Oh God. That's more than two days already. I, th <laughs> I think that's enough. Four. 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 Sure, we'll do it. But they, did I, you? I, I, guess, I don't know. I, two? I don't know. I, this is. I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. You would be after four days. <laughs> I think we should give Julie a point for that. We should give her two points. Point to Jules. <laughs> two points. Although I didn't realize that. So the funny thing about this is if you say forwards one day, backwards the next, and inside out for two more, when you put it inside out, do you wear it forward for one day and backward the other day? Logical, yeah. Oh, maybe right. you can get so. six days that way. Ooh, six days. <laughs> I don't that's know how that math rotation. worked out, but I'll, Julie, I'll let you try it out. And then you can report no. back next year at our I'm next Wait, Wait. I'm afraid college, I didn't ever get to that point. <laughs> All right, so now we're just learning who the cleanest of our panelists are. Not, not me. Not <laughs> Tom. <laughs> at, at, at the end of four days, you just, like, burn them? You just, like, throw them away? Like, oh, I just can't. No, no amount of tie can deal with this anymore. Just throw them away. Yeah, you can either burn it or wash it. Wash yeah, it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm in favor of compostable underwear. There you go. <laughs> Oh, After I, four days, don't you think they should be compostable? <laughs> no. <laughs> the earth doesn't want that. 
I think uh, we put that to rest. <laughs> All right, uh, question number two, Tom. Last year, lawmakers at the state and county levels in Hawaii unsuccessfully proposed legislation to ban a product containing oxybenzone because it contributed to chloral bleaching. What was the product they tried to ban? Oxybenzone. I did not study chemistry. Straws? Like plastic straws? What's oxybenzone? Anyone in the audience can help me out. Can I have a hint or a clue? Can someone mime it to me in the audience? Hey, would do you? How would how would you describe this as a clue? Oxy, benzo. I think that really cleared it up. I can tell you, oxy, it's, oxy, ben, ben, zone, zone. I can give you a more useful hint. <laughs> It is not a black astronomer. If you recall Oxy using Oxy in your teenage years, what would you use Oxy for? I don't know where he's going with this one either. Oh. Um, it's when you know you're out on the beach, what do you use? Sometimes like people use zinc lotion? oxide. Sun yeah. Suntan lotion? Yeah. Really? Yes. Sunscreen. Huh. Sunscreen. Wow. Sunscreen. They actually want to ban... In Hawaii. In Hawaii because uh, they estimate 14,000 tons of sunscreen are deposited in the world's oceans every year. And these sunscreens with that particular chemical actually promotes viral infection in corals that can lead to chloral bleaching. Now, uh, the legislation didn't pass because uh, places like Consumer Healthcare Products Association and Personal Care Products Council said, wait... We need those because, you know, of skin cancer and stuff. So uh, the verdict's out of uh, whether they want to save the coral reefs or people's skin. So I think it's time for the 1940s swimsuits to make a comeback. Then. Oh, yeah. The, the whole body swimsuit. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Coconut oil also works. <laughs> it it, it hmm. smells good, too. Yeah. Oh, you can always do the white zinc routine all over you. <laughs> I'm not putting white all over me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Tom, I'm afraid to say that, oh, did you get that? Did, we, did he get that? Did we give yeah. him a point? Half a point, half a point. We really yeah. had to spoon feed him that. Sure. We'll give him half a point, but half, we had to take away two. I think I really understood. Actually, the, the second oxybenzone, I think <laughs> I finally understood what you were saying. Well, well, you remember the oxy stuff you put on your, like when you were a kid, you put that stuff on for like pimples and whatnot? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I was the only one. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, our next segment that ends up round two. Hooray! What's our score? All right. Thing? Right now we have Jules with four. We have uh, <laughs> we have Jules with four. We have Jesse with three, and we also have Tom See, with three. two point five. <laughs> Because that's how many times he days he wears his underwear. 2.5 <laughs> days in a row. Half, that half a day is too much. Checks out. All right. Um, so something we're going to do that's a little different than what they do on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is we're going to do panelist prompts. Uh, so we have all these interesting characters up here that we actually want to learn about them. So our first panelist prompt is actually going to be about the uh, not underwear wearer, Tom. So, uh, Tom, we asked you for a picture about yourself. Um, and this is what you picked. So I'm um, the one in orange. 
Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great angle for you. Thank you <laughs> for picking this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So tell me... Uh, Your underwear look fresh. Your underwear look fresh. <laughs> that was just one day on that one. Not, in, not turned inside out. So it's but now the multiple days make sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> From that angle, you can tell. Like, that's definitely a one-day angle he's doing right there. <laughs> All right, so I know what you're supposed to be doing in this picture, but I just want to, like, Jesse, what do you think, or anyone um, uh, that's not Tom, what's going on here? They're chasing tornadoes. Really? Absolutely. What? That's, that's what, you know, like, did you see that movie with uh, Helen Hunt and that other guy? Yeah, Twister. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they did, except in RVs. Oh. Where's your RV? It, it was actually a rented Ford minivan, oh. and it's just out of the picture. Oh. No, is that really what you're doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm storm chasing, and I've seen Twister about a thousand times. Um, yeah, I'm storm chasing. This was taken <laughs> just um, this was taken just outside of Omaha, Nebraska. Um, no one has ever said that. Severe, I've seen Twister I a thousand times. A thousand times. You're the one. I'm the, I, I wonder if, why I keep coming on HBO. If there's a movie theater in D.C. playing Twister, I'm the only person in that audience. <laughs> sitting in the Not front Not anymore, row. sir. Not anymore. <laughs> Together. But yeah, this was, uh, yeah, I, I traveled for eight days and I drove like 3,500 miles trying to see a tornado. And I did not. I did not see a single tornado. Um, but this is, a, a, this, this, the thunderstorm was actually warned that there should be a tornado. We just didn't actually see it. Nothing actually fell. But the worst we saw was about uh, softball-sized hail. And then we realized that we were uh, just out of grad school and um, we didn't want to destroy the minivan, so we got out of it because um, it would dent and <laughs> destroy the car. <laughs> so we, we hit the brakes and we pulled into a diner somewhere in the middle of, uh, of Nebraska and we just chilled. This was taken just outside a farm and on the other side of the street was actually a, a graveyard. And because we knew... There's a, uh, it'll get to a fun part, I, supp- I promise. But like, so we actually we stopped in this one location because we knew it would be the best place to see uh, the severe storm as it moved past. But we had like 20 minutes to kill, so we actually like ended up playing like catch outside of graveyard in, the, in Nebraska, waiting for a thunderstorm to go past. Catch with what? In a, a graveyard? A baseball mitt. We brought a baseball. There's a lot of downtime with storm chasing. It's not all <laughs> twister, crazy fun Helen Hunt chasing I'm totally tornadoes. A lot of it is like you just you sit down eating a buffet breakfast somewhere at a hotel. You find out where you're going to go. You go there, and you just sit there for hours until something comes. And if it doesn't come, you go find it somewhere else. For like the, the few moments. You said moments. you were in Nebraska? I was in Nebraska. I mean, I thought you saw the movie a lot. It was in Kansas. I, we were in Kansas oh. for a little bit. Gee, oh, you're smart. It's where I, and we went to Oklahoma a little bit. And, uh, and actually, the, the worst storm we saw was in um, Colorado. There's actually a really flat part of Colorado where you actually see a lot of tornadoes. And that was the closest we came. We ended up getting lost in a, a cow pasture at sunset and had to figure out how to get a minivan through mud roads um, back to the highway. We almost didn't make it. It was a good time. Wow. <laughs> and it was the only time I've ever done it. Cause as a meteorologist, you have to say you've done it at least once. So I've done it once and now I'm okay. I don't have to do it ever again. <laughs> uh, hey, what I feel like uh, a meteorologist uh, definition of fun is very different from your definition of fun in college. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. What I don't know. Add weed to that. It's a great time. <laughs> Oh, boy. That was the only thing missing. (laughs) And then we smoked bowls. Yes, of course you did. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
<laughs> All right, so that puts us into a weird segue for my next question. So you're a meteorologist slash climate guru, which <laughs> is uh, yeah, self-proclaimed climate guru. Sure, sure. Yeah. So what do you do besides not see storms? Not see storms. So I am a I'm a scientist, and if you ever heard of El Nino or La Nina, I'm one of the forecasters of that for the federal government, and I also write about climate. Um, and weather for the climate.gov uh, website um, through, the, through the government. So I try to find interesting climate things that are going on, and I try to write about them t- so that people can understand what's going on. I also like to tie it into climate change and other sort of issues that are going on that could affect the people. The people. <laughs> so like, how noble of me to write about something for the people. But uh, I, try, I try my best. <laughs> Thank you for bestowing your knowledge on the little people out there in the world. <laughs> We the people appreciate you. <laughs> Normal size, everyone can. It's, I'm already pretty small. I think I'm. Everyone's generally taller than me. So Says it's for everybody. the person who called himself a climate guru. <laughs> yes. All right. We have another picture of you here. Uh, yeah. So what? What's going on here? And also, how is global warming real if it's snowing in that picture? Well, there goes my job. <laughs> Um, this in 20 was, seconds, This go. was taken during a blizzard in New York City, and I'm overlooking the BQE Expressway, smiling because of all the cars that can't go anywhere, because they didn't listen to the forecast. Um, <laughs> and at this moment, there was actually this really, really fancy car that was just struggling to go up there, and I just imagine that person, like, I'm going to be really cool and take my like $100,000 car in the middle of a blizzard and he's like struggling next to all these like Toyota Camrys from like 1996 <laughs> as he's struggling up a hill in the BQA. Um, <laughs> so yeah, actually snowstorms could actually become worse technically and depending on where you are across the world, especially with nor'easters because nor'easters derive a lot of their power from the temperature difference between cold air and warm air. So um, if the oceans warm off the coast of the, the east coast of the United States, that can actually increase the temperature difference between cold air coming from Canada and the warm air off the east coast. So when you increase that, you can actually get stronger storms. And not only that, um, the amount of moisture that comes uh, into these storms can be directly tied to the temperature of the water. So if you warm the water up, you could actually have more moisture. And if it's just cold enough, you can get lots of snow. So that's one theory for what may happen with nor'easters in the future. But, you know, so it's real. Climate change is real. And it can still snow, people. <laughs> Uncle Joe, it can still snow, I promise you. Um, but, yeah, also, it's, I'm, a, I'm a snow person. Meteorologists tend to, climate people, they tend to focus on certain types of weather phenomena. And my, I really like snow. That's what got me into being a meteorologist. Very cool. Also, I forgot to ask you. So you said uh, eight days it took you to get here. Eight days. Well, I, well, this was day three, I think. But we spent eight days total. Eight days and one pair of underwear. One That's pair. Very. <laughs> that is very bold. I'm super glad this is being taped. I'm really, really yes, happy about that. Yes. <laughs> yes, we will know your proclivities. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Tom, for being our first panelist prom. Guys, let's give Tom a round of applause. All right. Uh, next, I need to get one, our bucket um, for people's names. This is our Hooray. bucket for people's names. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next uh, round is Bluff the Listener. Hooray. Bluffy Each of bluff. our panelists. Bluffy bluff. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's R&B part of the show. Um, each of our panelists will read a scenario, and the person who Haywood will pull out of here momentarily will decide which one is true and which one is not. Only one of them is true. All right, ready, Haywood? Ready. All right. And coming out of the pie. Pie? Whoa. What, what, what the world, pies? You do realize we're taping this show right now, right? <laughs> if this was live television, you just messed it all up. <laughs> um, we called you up. Sh- wait, should we redo it? Should we redo it? Here, wait, 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 we're picking it up. <laughs> 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 we can edit, we can edit. And the lucky pie. Winners. Pie. Wow. <laughs> hey, right. yeah. Prepare to be bluffed. Hooray. All right. Pi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being on time. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Hooray. All right. So uh, what Bluff the Listener is, is each of our panelists is going to read a scenario. And at the end, uh, you have to decide only one out of the three is true. You have to pick which one is true. Okay. All right. So, Julie, take it away for the first one. All right. This is very serious. This story comes from Singapore. Batteries are difficult to dispose of and contain harmful heavy metal compounds that may leach into the soil. So what if you made them out of pee? (laughs) But not your own pee, but urine from a pig. Scientists in Singapore have figured out a way to harness pig urine to create a chemical reaction that powers a rudimentary battery. Add a drop of Porky's pee (laughs) to an assembly of copper chloride, magnesium, and copper, and voila, it produces as much power as an AA battery. Scientists say this could be revolutionary, but they caution more development is still needed, including how to gather and distribute large quantities of pig's pee. Mmm, maybe we need a pig diaper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that was Julie's story, uh, making uh, batteries out of pig pee. Tom, take it away for number two. This story comes from Iowa. America has a ravenous appetite for comfy toilet paper, but what's good for tushes aren't good for bushes. (laughs) Soft toilet paper doesn't contain any recycled material and is often made from old-growth forests. A waste expert called soft toilet paper a lot worse than driving a Hummer in terms of environmental impact, but a less cool brag than owning a Hummer. (laughs) The solution, a company in Iowa has created reusable toilet wipes made of cloth. Reusable wipes offer all of the comfort of the triple-ply ultra-quilted toilet paper roll with none of the nasty tree-killing consequences. The company sells wet bags to contain the dirty wipes after use. The cloth wipes are even sold in funky and fun designs. We're willing to bet they're funky, especially after a week in a wet bag. (laughs) Fun, not so much. All right. Uh, And our last one is Jesse. Okay, this story comes from California. Farmers often use digesters to take cow poop and burn it to produce electricity. Cows on a farm can produce 150 pounds of poop per day, enough electricity to power 300 local households per year. 
A man in California read about this. He got inspired, and he turned his own poop into electricity. Every day, every day, he poops into a bucket, and he stores it until the end of the month. When he puts it in a digester that he bought and creates electricity to power his house for the next month. He says his electricity bills have gone down significantly, but his expenses on flaxseed and high-fiber cereal um, <laughs> has also increased. Recently, though, his plan is in danger as neighbors have complained to the local housing authority about the smells during the monthly burnings. All right, so we got three winners right here. Um, the first one, the guy who burns his own, uh, the last one, the guy who burns his own poop. Uh, the second one, reusable toilet paper. And the last one about pig urine batteries. So these all sound quite plausible. Uh, of course, on wait, wait, don't tell me they're usually you can, uh, put current, it current news <laughs> things. So you've, you've been paying attention the last week, but. Have you been paying attention week? the past what are week? Are these current news? I These mean, like it. De <laughs> I mean, it, are you trying? Maybe it depends. It, de on it how depends if yeah. you've heard of it, they all then seem yes. Quite plausible, but um, let's see. I, th I think I'll go with the uh, second, which is the uh, reusable toilet wipes. Ooh, oh, um, what is your reasoning for that one? Um, Show your work. Well, so <laughs> again, they're all or oh, don't in this case. They're all, they're all quite plausible. I think. I think the first one there what there weren't really enough details. Was my issue is how big did these you know vats of pig urine have to be? And if you're putting all kinds of a drop, a drop stuff, of Porky's pee. Oh, it was just a drop. A drop. Yeah. And okay. But you're a details missed, guy. That's good apparently. to know. I missed that apparently. But yeah. So. Um, Honestly, they all seem, again, plausible. <laughs> like, really, I could see people doing any, any of these things and thinking it's a great solution. So, um, so you would do any of these? You would do any, <laughs> any of these solutions? All right. I could see any of them happening, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, all right, so your answer was the reusable toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, that is correct. Yay. That is the correct one. Congratulations, Pi. Um, you can get your free tote bag uh, at the end of the show. But yes, it is actually done by a company in Iowa called Wally Pop. Uh, so you guys can Google that if you want. Um, I will say that I got the inspiration for the burning the poop one from a comment that I read while reading about Wally Pop's uh, reusable uh, toilet paper. Someone in the comment section like, ugh. This is like ridiculous. What are you tree huggers gonna do next? Bottle your poop in a water bottle so you can reduce CO2 emissions? And I was like, hey, that's a great one for Bluff the Listener. So, you uh, should come to the field with us sometime. You know, when you study dung beetles, you do have to put poop in bottles. Well, I don't do you, it, but. Is it because you're studying dung beetles or is it? Dung like, beetles, not because, you know, you wanna any do anything beetles. else with it, but. Uh -oh. but <laughs> But you what can find you bottles full of poop that, you know, sitting on the shelf and... Uh, you guys are really making use. me want to go out in the field. Tom goes eight days to see nothing. <laughs> you poop in bags and do nothing with them. Julie, I'll learn what you do, but um, it's not looking good. <laughs> um, 
You're much cleaner. You're much cleaner. You, you change your underwear every day, we found out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That was Bluff the Listener. Hooray. Listener. All right, uh, our next <laughs> round is <laughs> our next ra- <laughs> our next round is a panelist prompt, and this time we're going to learn about Jesse. Jesse, what is going on here? Um, see, well, when I go to the rainforest, I get chased around by trees a lot, so that's what's <laughs> happening there. Let's- this is like three seconds before I, one of those trees that's chasing me whacks me in the face. That's pretty fun. What did you do to the tree? Like, were you trying to rob you it? Know, like, why is it chasing you? I was just trying to be nice to it. I was just trying to be like, hey, um, I'm trying to save you from, from development. But, you know, maybe it was just confused. Development <laughs> meaning like people knocking it down or like you're trying to be like, no, don't grow. Like that kind yeah, of like no, personal it can grow. development. Yeah, no, I want it to grow. Yeah, I want it to grow. Okay. People, people knocking it down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so where were you here, and what was your uh, what was your mission? So this is this is in Peru. This is in a protected area um, in the southern part of Peru, and I work for the Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institute. And my research group at SCBI focuses on trying to form partnerships and collaborations with the private sector to minimize the influence or minimize the impacts of their development operations on really high biodiversity sensitive habitats. So in this case, we were working with an oil company that was building a natural gas exploratory well in the middle of the Peruvian Amazon. And we uh, were carrying out a bunch of different protocols to try to figure out how far into the forest the impacts of the development were, were reaching. Nice. All right. <laughs> yep. It's funny. It just sounds a lot like a gentrification study I once <laughs> heard about. <laughs> we need to have someone like tallying how many gentrification jokes they were. <laughs> I'm just ticking them off. I'm like, that is you probably white have woman more coming points. to the community to help me. I get there. And the tree was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I get it. I am Groot. (laughs) (laughs) That would be terrifying. (laughs) All right, Jesse. So we learned that you have a background in herpetology. And by we learned, I just told everyone you have a background in herpetology. Yeah, yeah. Um, So why? Were you one of those kids who liked to like play with snakes and frogs when you were little? Yeah, people ask me that all the time, and yeah, uh, I did, yeah, I, I, I did. That's the honest truth, and I think that's how a lot of people start off in, as a biologist that works with a specific group of animals, or a meteorologist, climatologist that works with um, Particular storms. group of snow. Yeah, yeah. particular group of um, weather. <laughs> that's right, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I liked, I liked playing, with, playing with those things. I did. It was fun, yep. And everyone should. Because they're really great. <laughs> We've, we, you know, so seri- in all seriousness, amphibians and reptiles have given us uh, a, a lot. You know, they, they contribute a lot to an ecosystem and to clean water. Mm. We have developed so many pharmaceuticals 
you know, mostly the legal kinds, that are based <laughs> on, on compounds found in amphibians and in reptiles. have helped us develop incredible painkillers. We're learning a lot about limb regeneration from these animals. So they, they can, it's, it's important to conserve biodiversity so that in the future we can create more biotech that helps people from these things. I think I'd give a clap for that. Yeah. That is amazingly fascinating, or the plot of a superhero film. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the villain does. Hey, treat these ducks terrible. <laughs> Frogman, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so Jesse is also going to be playing our bit called Not My Job. So we just spent all this time learning about her and learning about her pathology. Um, so naturally, we <laughs> thought we'd ask you about herpes, which I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> but it's okay if you do, because we accept everyone. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no wrong answers here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Hey, Wood, yes. uh, we are going to have you do the questions. So we're going to ask you three multiple choice questions. Get two out of the three right, and you'll win a prize for one of our lucky audience members. Uh, hey, Wood, who is Jesse playing for tonight? All right, Jesse is playing for da -da 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 -da. Katie Sutton. Where's Katie? Where's Katie? Hooray! All right. Hey, Katie. Hooray. All right. All right, you got to see the face of the person that you have to win for. I do need to see your face, and you know, if you can like... <laughs> you guys can collaborate. If you need a phone or person, phone, okay, you can great. only phone Katie. I, I, okay. Yeah. All, All right, right. Hey, what, I'll let you take it I'm away. Confident. Are we ready for the first question? Oh, wait, first, uh, how, how are you acquainted with herpes? <laughs> Everyone goes to college, right? Oh, there we go. Oh, Giving Virginia a good name. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe he is. <laughs> the jokes write themselves. <laughs> All right, Haywood, take it away. According to producers, a positive, a positive test for herpes is the number one reason contestants don't make it onto which popular reality show? Is it A, The Bachelor, B, The Jersey Shore, or C, Toddlers and Tiaras? Uh, yeah, while B is very, a, a very attractive answer, I'm going to go with A. And the answer, of course, is... A. Woohoo! A. I like the way she did that. The bachelor, you just did that because I'm black, but it's all right. <laughs> yes, according to a new book that goes behind the scenes of the popular reality show, the answer is yes, herpes is the number one reason that prevents would-be contestants from getting a spot on the show. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. That's gross. That's, that's food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number two. All right. A recent report showed that a trip to Florida can result in a deadly, yes, deadly herpes infection if you come into contact with which of these animals? Is it A, an aggressive squirrel, B, a monkey, or C, Steve? 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 What kind of an animal is Steve? He's a Homo sapiens. Yeah, like your ex-boyfriend. You oh, know, okay. Yeah, yeah. A Republican. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that I already said it can't have anything to do. I, I know nothing about herpes, so it can't be Steve. <laughs> um, 
So a squirrel or a monkey? Squirrel or a monkey. An aggressive squirrel. Wow, okay. This isn't a chipmunk like ours. Aggressive squirrel. Wow, my husband is terrified of squirrels, so I just have to guess squirrel because I, because I think it's a monkey, but I have to say squirrel because of that. You think, Squirrel's my final answer. think answer. it's a monkey, but what she said? She said, her reasoning was her husband is afraid of squirrels. Yeah, so if that were the answer, it would be wonderful. Good reason for being scared of squirrels. Yeah, because exactly. squirrel, he would be justified in this world, which currently he's not. Oh, the squirrel can give your husband herpes, yeah. so that's why he's so afraid. he could he could be afraid of it, and that would oh. be okay. But actually, because I want to win this for Katie, I'm going to say monkey. I'm I'm I'm, go, I'm going to go back to monkey. <laughs> she changed the answer. <laughs> All right. Now that it matters, you pick monkey. All right, and the answer is monkey. 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 So there are a lot of just like random monkeys in Florida with herpes roaming the streets. Yeah, it's true. It says if you see a monkey in Florida, don't touch it. But really, is herpes the only reason you shouldn't touch a monkey in Florida? Well, a loose <laughs> monkey, no one wants to touch. Well, in Florida, you can find a lot of monkeys in the wild, which, by the way, they're an invasive species. They're not, they don't belong in Florida like many things in Florida. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this fun travel tip is especially important to remember how scientists have now found that more than a quarter of these adorable invaders carry the deadly herpes B virus. So a quarter of monkeys in Florida carry the herpes B virus. So yeah, it's a problem, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of 12 monkeys? Tom's never going to Florida. Well, they don't have snow anyway. No, exactly. I'm all right. No. <laughs> But now your husband has to come up with another reason for fearing squirrels. Exactly. I'm still vindicated. <laughs> squirrels are herpes-free, but they're barely very aggressive. <laughs> what kind of squirrel is aggressive? Take these nuts. Take these nuts. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jesse, is two out of two. We have one last question. <laughs> hey, what? Take it away. All right. Which of these is a real book you could buy on Amazon? A, assume everyone has herpes. B, herpes are a girl's best friend. Or C, please, God, let it be herpes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a few people have said that before. <laughs> so often, it's the one you think it is the least, but I think I'm t thinking too... Uh, too much into this. Um, I'm going to go for uh, assume everyone has herpes. Uh, that's your final answer? No, it's not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, it's always the one that it's probably not. So C. C is my... The answer... And my family's from Florida. <laughs> All right, don't touch monkeys. <laughs> and the answer is C. Please, God, let it be herpes. Yes, the answer is, please, God, let it be herpes. It's actually a memoir by humorist Carlos Kotkin that claims it is, quote, a heartfelt quest for love and companionship. Aww. Aww. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, hmm. You guys should read the book and see if you found love and companionship or if you just got herpes. Uh, all right, well, congratulations. You got three out of three. Three out of three. 
Which gives her one more point on her overall. Yeah. Um, at the end of Thank the show, you, you can Zach. grab your tote bag. Congratulations. Thank you for playing along. Yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Heywood, should we do a score check? All right. Quick score check. Right now, we have Tom with 2.5. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, 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 Tom. We have Jesse with four and Julie with four as well. All right, let's time. We can make up that half a point. We can make up that half a point. Yeah. You just have to make up for wearing our underwear on all those days. Yeah. All right, our next segment is... People don't know, that's how you get herpes. <laughs> I don't have herpes. <laughs> Where's the camera? I don't have herpes. That's what she said. <laughs> all right. Moving on. <laughs> The next, uh, the next uh, challenge is a listener limerick challenge. So we're going to give three people the opportunity to complete the listener limerick challenge. So we're going to pull all three out at the same time uh, so you guys one, can just be prepared. Two and three. So we have, is it Kathy R? Kathy R. Kathy R. Did Kathy R. leave? Is that Katie <laughs> or Kathy? Katie R. K-A-T-H scribble. It could be an I or an E-R. Or is it R. Kathy? All right. Fake names. Fake names. All right. <laughs> Somebody has warrants. <laughs> Sylvie Jennison. Sylvie? All right. I think Kathy's in here and she just didn't want to play. <laughs> Genevieve Dabrowski. It, like it looked like a K. Genevieve Dabrowski. Hey, she's all right. What is it? Oh, is it Kathy K? Oh, would you like to play? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's Kathy K. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It looks like an R. It looks okay. like an R to me, but it's all right. I only went to D.C. public schools. It's okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so we're going to have Kathy up first. All right. Haywood is going to say the limerick in his smooth jazz Genevieve. voice. Then where is her? Sylvie. Hey, Sylvie. Great. All right. We've had so much uh, audience participation or females. That's nice. Awesome. Ladies look like the real housewives of the science community. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. All right. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Limerick one. Who's this limerick for? This limerick is for Genevieve. All right. When you wear electronics to the bone or old models you find that you've outgrown, don't be silly or rash. Don't throw them in the trash. Go ahead and recycle your A. Yeah. <laughs> she got it. Cell phone. Yes. Uh, UN, uh, United Nations study reported that 44 million tons of e-waste, like old phones and laptops, were discarded in 2016 and only 20% were disposed of properly. In addition to saving valuable recoverable materials like aluminum, copper, gold, silver, uh, recycling e-waste prevents the toxic hazards uh, in uh, uh, electronics like mercury, lead, and stuff from leaching into our soil and water. Similar to when I told you guys about the batteries um, and how they want to make that out of urine. They actually want to make it out of human urine, not uh, pig urine. So that was why that one was false. But congratulations! <laughs> yes, you get this voice on your answer machine, but it's going to cost you 99 <laughs> We'll talk after this. 
<laughs> Kathy K. Yes. All right. Is that right, Kathy K? Good. <laughs> Gotta make sure. I, can... Used to be... I won't ask what happened. Oh, that's cool. Me too. <laughs> I changed your name to Kathy R. <laughs> Ready? Here's an earth-saving tip that's snap. When washing, don't zone out or nap. If you're brushing or cleaning, scrubbing hands till they're gleaming, remember, turn off the... Yes, recent estimates indicate that using faucets in your home for personal hygiene, such as brushing your teeth, takes up approximately 12% of your home's water usage. Uh, Turning off the top while you're uh, brushing your teeth can save your family up to 10 gallons of water daily. I don't know how big your family is. (laughs) Or you could just stop brushing your teeth. Tom, yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. Hooray, congratulations. All right, the third and final limerick. All right, this one is for Sylvie. One quick, simple way to go green. If you like beef, ground, fatty, or lean. They make, make you fart. But they're good for your heart. Once weekly, drop meat and eat. Drop meat and eat. Beans, yes. Beans, they're good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you fart. The more you fart, the better you feel. So eat your beans at every meal. You don't eat beans. Why you don't like them? Because they make you fart. <laughs> CO2 emissions, all right. Do your part to save the planet and the metro. <laughs> Uh, researchers say that this one dietary change can achieve somewhere between 46 and 74 percent of the reductions needed to meet uh, the target of greenhouse gases emitted by making beef uh, and cows. So, yes, congratulations! All of all our right. panelists got it. Yes, well, all of them. Thank you, ladies. We'll talk to you after the show. You can grab a tote bag. Uh, actually, Haywood's laugh. If you guys have noticed that yet, it's actually a ringtone, isn't it? It is a ringtone. So. And you will not get it for free, but you can download it if you like. <laughs> Help me send these kids to college that I have. No, so, it is, yes, it's a ringtone. You can download it for free. It's still free. This is 100% true. His yeah. laugh is a ringtone, and, and maybe after... Will talk. <laughs> All right. They'll be like, who's this big black voice on your phone? <laughs> and then you'll be like, how do you know it's a black voice? <laughs> it could be a quantum voice. <laughs> All right, uh, so <laughs> we're going to go to our last panelist prompt. <laughs> we're going to learn more about Julie. All right, Julie. Uh, let's see. What are you doing in this picture? <laughs> She's a fox. <laughs> Always uh, has been, huh? <laughs> a few decades late. <laughs> no. Um, This is a fox that we actually saw, or I actually saw, when I walked out to my backyard, which is nine acres of disturbed woodland, um, and includes a fair amount of wood. And this beautiful fox was just playing with something and wouldn't move for about five minutes, so I got some really good shots. Um, I would rather weed 
read or write than take selfies or let people take pictures of me. So there are no actual pictures of me. <laughs> what right. did the fox say? <laughs> he was too busy with a branch. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a sustainability officer at NSF, which we found out earlier. So what do you do? Uh, what do I do? Um, when I'm lucky, I don't make everybody unhappy. <laughs> when I do my job correctly, I frequently make everyone unhappy. Uh, sustainability is a balance between what something costs financially versus what it costs in terms of impact on the environment and the impact on people. And it's a balancing act. Um, when you're lucky, all three benefit. Uh, at NSF, my job is to control greenhouse gas emissions and monitor them. My job is to promote the use of plants um, and recycling. Uh, we're one of the ones that do have a very vigorous e-recycle program and an e-reuse program. Uh, we're very heavily into trying eventually to get ourselves down as close as possible to zero waste. That is an agency goal. Um, and if it falls anywhere within the realm of green, it's going to end up on my desk somewhere at some time. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a, a very large field. So you actually are the perfect person to put up flyers of how to wear your underwear for four days in a row. <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather just get you to collect your plastic bags if you have to use them, and I'll take them to the grocery store to be recycled, okay? <laughs> I don't, don't put their underwear in there. <laughs> so uh, are there other agencies or other organizations that you know who do this very well? Uh, yes, there are actually a great many agencies that are um, doing some fantastic things. There are also a lot of private industries that are doing it very well. Um, well, case in point, Smithsonian has one of the most interesting setups because a lot of the building in the Smithsonian is very, very old, turn of the century old, 18, late 1800s. And what the Smithsonian did was to upgrade their entire energy facilities without getting rid of their old stuff, which would have been hideously expensive and very disruptive to an environment that really can't take any disruption or you will damage paintings and antiques. And they have done it extremely successfully. And if you are very lucky, someday you might get a chance to take a tour. It's really an amazing feat. They have built a modern energy system right on top of this turn-of-the-century technology. And it has worked very well. Um, NSF just got a silver lead rating for their new building. Yes. Yeah. It's a leased building, but for, for a leased building, silver is fantastic. We're working on trying to get... Um, our gold interior in lead. Um, You're working on getting a gold interior? Yes. That and seems... <laughs> right, like well, I know. It would be the Midas touch if we were lucky, but it doesn't work that way. We'll, we'll get uh, gold interior design for the building, uh, and we will try... You have to be in the building a few years to get 
a uh, gold operations and maintenance, which means you're working the building, you're using it in a very economically and environmentally sensitive way. Wow. Julie, did you know that your building did that thing that she said? <laughs> I Julie probably knows a lot more about it than I do. I do know that if they had to you know, take it all out and fix it, I'd get a few days off and that wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> so there's a person that they made unhappy with that change. <laughs> all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> all right, Julie, well, thank you very much. Uh, that was very interesting. I've never met a sustainability officer. Do you get to wear, like, a badge or something, like a sheriff's No, badge? no badge. Uh, I do get accosted in the hallway with complaints about the recycling bags being the wrong color and what have you, but... It's good that people know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> they do get interested. <laughs> this show is all about optimism, whether it's fake or not. So, All right. Uh, that is our panelist prompt. Thank you very much, Julie. All right. We're going to do our last panel question. Um, we're going to do Jesse. She did not get to do one earlier. So. Yeah. All right, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Uh, during his visit to the U.S. last week, French President Emmanuel Macron <laughs> urged Congress to take action to protect the environment with an address that included which protest sign-worthy slogan? Oh, no. <laughs> this is not multiple choice? I thought they got multiple choice. It is... <laughs> Okay, uh, <clears throat> I'm, it's hard to remember exactly what he said in that long speech, except for, you know, all, all that can come to my mind are those cute photos of him and Trump, like, hugging all the time. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Well, what would look good on a sign? Um, your first... His face, he's The first thing cute. you said. <laughs> so, all right, I'll, I'll give you a multiple choice. Um <laughs> My hint is oxybenzone. <laughs> uh, That's actually where we were going. How, how about the Paris Treaty? I think there was something about it in there. Oh, yes. This was also said again during the Paris Treaty. Oh, okay. The, the slogan was said during the Paris Treaty? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well... Okay, yeah, I'm totally not there. No. All right, uh, let's give you some multiple choice uh, answers. The first one is, oh no. The second one is, <laughs> make our climate great again. Brilliant. <laughs> the second one is, make our climate great again. <laughs> I think you know that one's not it. <laughs> and uh, the last one is, there is no planet B. Oh, that's probably that. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Isn't that something Al Gore said? Hey. <laughs> you don't think it's, oh, no, with like 20 O's? It's a really long poster. <laughs> that comes just right before there is no planet B. <laughs> there is no planet B yet. Uh, yeah. must be kind of fond of make our climate great again. I like that. Maca? That's, <laughs> Maca. My, that's my sign. I don't yeah. know about <laughs> Macron can have his own sign. <laughs> Well, actually, you know what? Macron urged business leaders and local communities to work together to 
make our planet great again. So that was the phrase that he used. And expressed hope that U.S. will come back and join the Paris Agreement, which, as we know, limits carbon emissions. Uh, as an earlier draft reportedly said instead, stop destroying the earth, it's where I get my tacos. <laughs> also a great slogan. <laughs> All right, so uh, how did, what's our latest tally now? All right, our tally, our points are uh, Jesse at four, Tom at 2.5, and Julie still at four. Oh, we didn't give Jesse a point for that? All right, let's do this again. Jesse <laughs> at five, Tom at 2.5, and Julie at four. We didn't give Julie a point for talking? Julie a point for? Oh, jeez. <laughs> For talking, just yeah. general talking? Okay. Okay, yeah. We can yeah. do that. <laughs> so we can <laughs> just talking in general, just speaking, not even out of turn, huh? Just, hey, all right, I thought ladies were supposed to talk. That Should I start talking? <laughs> so now the point tally is Jesse at five. Tom, I think you lost a point somewhere in there. <laughs> and Julie at five. So that we have a tie, and you, you, you're, you're halfway there, sir. I'm, I'm glad to be participating today. <laughs> That is what every white man should say from here on out. <laughs> All right. I think this is going really well. <laughs> this is exactly how I wanted this to play out today. <laughs> All right, we are on our last round of the game. This is the lightning round where anyone can take the lead. Probably not Tom because the game is skewed, but <laughs> we'll give him a shot. Why not? All right, we're actually going to give everyone uh, 40 seconds, and we're going to give you lightning round. So, Julie, I'm going to start with you. Are you ready for this? No. All right. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> are you ready for this? All of my points will go to either of the two people next to me. It's okay. Oh, that's, that's very nice. That's nice. They don't need your that's pity nice. points. <laughs> They're strong, independent women. They don't need your pity points. You can keep those to yourself. Dock a point from Tom. That was awful. Told you, lost the point in this summer. I told you. I can yeah. see the future, so. I think you're at point five now. Point five yeah. for Tom. Yeah. Five. For, I think the ladies got two points when you say that. <laughs> so the ladies are at seven, and Tom, just because we like you, you're at two. <laughs> just because Haywood likes you, you're at two. All right. I remember Tom from the MySpace days. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd be talking about MySpace? <laughs> in a non-ironic way <laughs> nowadays with Facebook. <laughs> All right. Okay, Julie, are you ready now? Go ahead. All right, here we go. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to put the clock on and, I don't know, just write stuff or gotcha. something. Cool. Okay. In response to Malibu's recent ban on single-use plastic utensils, Malibu's Paradise Cove announced it would begin using straws made out of what creative material? Plant material. False. Oh. Oh, well. The answer is pasta. Oh. All pasta right. is plant. Uh, half a, 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 take away half a point from Tom and give it to Joy. Okay. 
Colorado scientists recently developed a new citizen science project to monitor small streams and waterways inspired by what popular cell phone app? Pokemon. All right, Pokemon. There Pokemon go. go. I think you need to give that to her. <laughs> okay, we'll give it to Jesse. This is a very nice panel right now. All right, a recent study in Laos found success in preventing illegal hunting and trading of local wildlife by doing what? Ecotourism? Uh, paying villagers for tourists' wildlife sightings. Close enough. Yeah. 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 I don't know if they're applauding because they like the answer or because they want you to have a point, but yes. All right. Uh, the next one. A recent study in science showed that the decrease in the average size of mammals on Earth over the past 125,000 years is due to what? Heat. Which, almost. Glo global warming? Humans learning warming. to blank. Sweat. <laughs> it's a different H word that's not heat. Hunt? Yeah! Okay. Can you tell I don't hunt? <laughs> All right, we'll make this your last one. <laughs> That's a mercy. <laughs> New research suggests that in addition to waves and wind, what may be driving... What may be driving mixing of the water in Earth's oceans on a huge scale? The Atlantic Meridional Current? Currents? Uh, probably, but that's not what's here. Oh, can't help you. <laughs> it's the nightly migration of a swarm of animals. What are oh, these? um, birds? Uh, but they're in the water. Sure. Oh, sure. No, that's not shorebirds, which I was thinking of. They're um, very, very tiny, tiny. This, oh, um, herring? The, do herrings live in the water? Swim away. Yeah. Oh, are those? I thought those were birds. Swim away. No. Swim away. Herrings. Oh. Fish. Tiny. Um. The answer is krill and plankton. Good job. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! Can you tell I'm not a scientist? Swim <laughs> <Can> away. <laughs> can you tell that this is going a lot slower than the real lightning round? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, what? I hope you got all that. Tom, you ready? I got it. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. This planet is the only one in our solar system where you can find charismatic megafauna, including pandas, koalas, and golden retrievers. Earth. Hooray! <laughs> the city of Georgetown, Texas, is remarkable for recently reach what green milestone? Uh, carbon neutrality? Net zero energy? Kind, uh, kind of. Running Net only zero on, emissions? Running on only renewable energy. So they'll yeah, get sure. there eventually. Yeah, sure. Like, sure. Yeah, they'll get there eventually. I yeah. said a lot of buzzwords there. One of them you, had to have been right. You did. You did. Your Google search terms on that question was fantastic. <laughs> yes. All right. A recent study indicates what beloved species may actually be more numerous than previously feared. Beloved animal 
feared. Okay, There's I mean, I wouldn't focus too much on the word panda. Beloved. No, you're you're focusing too much on beloved. Like oh. some people don't like these animals, but roaches. No, <laughs> no one likes roaches. Um, gorillas. Gorillas! Uh. Hooray! Yes. Yes, according to a new survey, there are far more gorillas left in the world than previously thought, but they're still endangered, so don't get cocky. (laughs) All right. All right, Tom, if a... Oh. We're discussing gorillas, the lowland and the highland gorillas. All right, cool. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) What did you learn about lowland and highland gorillas? I... Through his weather classes? I... Well, no, I, I actually... I, oh, I, You're saying they're classes within the gorillas and they're highland and lowland, like mm-hmm. a caste system? Yeah, like, like uh, if you, there was a big documentary better. called Virunga that was a, several oh, years yes. back that went, looked over the, the gorillas. I actually have been to Rwanda. I got to go see some of the mountain gorillas. for. I was oh. doing a weather workshop there and I got to go see them. And, wow. Yeah. Have you seen Virunga as, much, uh, as many times as you've seen Twister? <laughs> No, nothing can compare to Helen Hunt. Oh, okay. And okay. All right, last geez. one for you, Tom. Okay. <laughs> if a millennial ate a Tide Pod while standing on the surface of Mars, they would survive for this much time. Get out your pen. Get out your pen. You can do the math. Um, we'll take the mask. So how long? Well, they, they're not wearing any mask. So like they're not like wearing a mask and then eating a Tide Pod within the mask. They're like just completely just like us standing on Mars eating a Tide Pod. A minute. Without well, uh, oh, uh, whoa. a minute and four seconds. Um, max. We're looking for the max. The maximum time you can yeah, survive. Yeah. And this person, this millennial, is wearing a spacesuit. Okay. Yes. yes. And they're wearing a spacesuit, eating a Tide Pod. <laughs> You know, probably taking Friday a selfie night. and putting it on Instagram. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> Thought it would taste um, good. F- five minutes. The answer is three minutes and fifteen seconds, max. 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 Good to max. know, fellas. Yes. Good to know, people. Yes. Uh, a millennial without a spacesuit would last fifteen seconds before losing consciousness from lack of oxygen, and that would probably make it a few more minutes before passing out. Uh, the Tide Pod would actually be pretty irrelevant, ultimately. But That's plenty of time for an Instagram story plenty or a Snapchat. Of time, plenty of plenty time. Plenty of time. All right. Jesse, you ready yes. for this? <clears throat> uh-huh. Oh, we have a lot of questions. We might go back and do it again. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. okay, yeah. okay. All right, Jesse, you ready? I'm ready. An environmental organization recently unveiled plans for a satellite that will do what? Well, that's vague. Um... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There's one that can like measure emissions from ship channels. How about that one? That's Are you looking close. for a different one? Um, it's uh, we've been talking about it a lot today with a lot of butt stuff. Car- uh, uh, <laughs> methane. Herpes doesn't come from your butt. <laughs> I don't know what herpes you're talking. Methane. Ah. Yes. Tracking methane emissions from space. It's ah. going to be called Methane Sat. Nice. Yes. Uh, Louisiana recently issued an emergency quarantine to control the Rasu cane mealy bug, an invasive species that is killing what? Hmm, I should know that. Louisiana mealy bug, uh, killing uh, sugar cane? Marshlands. Oh, grass, marsh grasses. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you know, sugar cane is a grass. Just yeah. Okay, right. that's me. So. The, the audience voted. You get the answer. Okay. 
Can you smoke it? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> All right. This planet in our solar system does not, on average, have a surface that is immediately uh, deadly hellscape. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, this one? Yeah. Earth? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You took way too long to think of that. Yeah. Trick question. It's, it's not an immediate hellscape. It takes time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you get a point for saying that, actually. <laughs> That's a true statement. Oh, Tom got a point. Good job. <laughs> All right, I, earlier this year, conservationists uh, scored a victory when Hong Kong passed a law banning what? Plastic bags. No way, not in Hong Kong. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, rhino horn. Ivory sales. Uh, okay, either way. Yeah. Yes, they, planned, uh, they proposed a plan to end domestic ivory trade in five years. Hong Kong was the largest ivory city market in the world with a major, as a major hub for illegal wildlife trade. Huh. All right. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Julie because we have a lot of questions left, and we spent the time in writing them, so you guys have to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, joy. All right. Uh, Julie, in March, Portugal accomplished what sustainability milestone? Read that again. Portugal accomplished what sustainability milestone? You guys can all talk as a panel if yeah. you want. Yeah. Murmur, 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 murmur. The uh, only thing I can pick up is maybe energy, renewable energy. That is part of the answer. So Tom kind of said it in one of his answers previously. Anybody? We can also take a, a anybody? audience anybody? suggestions. Anybody? Was it net zero? Was zero it like is it, did they get all their energy from renewables? It made more renewable energy than the electrical demand of the whole country. That's great. Right. Yeah. Good job for Portugal. Good job, Portugal. <laughs> yeah. Good job. These are kind of uplifting. Yeah. This is nice. All right. Uh, all of you guys can talk about this. Um, a book <laughs> and so released, can you. <laughs> a book released this month recommends what ancient Japanese practice to fight off stress, anxiety, and depression linked to urban lifestyles. Bonsai. <laughs> I like that answer. Like meditation. I like. I like that. What's your answer? Like bonsai. Bonsai, maybe. Bonsai. Forest bathing. So forest bathing. Forest bathing. Or I'll see y'all out there in the Potomac, guys. That sounds great. Just go in the find us a little forest. It is a practice of spending prolonged periods of time with trees in order to gain from their many health benefits. Huh. Really nice. Studies show that they have substantial that. reductions in stress hormones, <laughs> improvement in sleep, and a boost in the immune system. So, yeah, yes. I've, I've done that. It's nice. Yeah, yeah we yeah. saw a picture of you <laughs> yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. This planet, um, okay, the planet in our solar system that has the lowest chance of sterilizing a person or causing their DNA to mutate due to ionizing radiation that hurtles through space and straight to the surface of the planet is what? Earth? Yeah! I think there's a theme here. Yeah! <laughs> Earth isn't so bad after all. All right, California rice farmers are helping cons conservation groups replenish the state's salmon populations by growing what? Seagrass? 
They're growing grasses. They're going to feed this to the baby salmon. What are they going to feed? Hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Uh, Keep I swimming. I think they want something more solid. Bugs. Bugs. Bugs to fatten up baby salmon <laughs> so that we can eat them later. <laughs> yes. Uh, the continued decline in bee colonies in recent years has had what unexpected criminal side effect? Criminal side effect. The decline in bee colonies has had a criminal side effect. And what is the, that? The robbery yes. of honey trucks. Oh. oh, someone said it. Yeah. Stealing honey. Stealing, stealing, honey. stealing oh honey. Stealing honey bees and selling fake honey. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I like the collective. Uh, what about oh. candles and other stuff? Yeah. yeah. All right. And our last one, which celestial body in our solar system has a surface Earth. that is 71% water, a thing that is absolutely essential to life as we know it? Earth. Planet B. Planet B. Jesse wins, Planet B. <laughs> all right, Haywood, uh, what is our tally for all the panelists? Okay, so right now we have Jesse at 15. We have Tom at 12, Ooh. and we have Julie also at 15, and we have the audience at four, because you guys are like kicking ass, man. I was like, the audience is smart. No wonder they were laughing at my jokes. <laughs> I mean, the audience. So we have a tie between Jesse and Julie right now, both at 15. Congratulations. Hooray. Tom, you have redeemed yourself. You are at 12, sir. You got, you were getting points. That's a, that's a positive for you. I was fighting very hard to get you from getting any points. So I'm surprised you even have 12, to be honest. All right. Um, as, like, as we like to end the game, we like to do panelist predictions. So uh, serious or fantastical, what do you think will be the next big innovation in sustainability and conservation? Let's start on the opposite side. Let's start with Jesse. Fast food chains make the switch to insect-based proteins on purpose this time <laughs> and initiate a solar-powered drone delivery service to bring the McCricket right to your door. All right, we're going to skip to Julie. Be happy to participate. Be happy to participate. <laughs> All right. The oil companies will create a machine that changes carbon dioxide from fossil fuels to perfumed oxygen. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. All right. And then our last one. Hey, what? No. <laughs> Tom, Popeye's what is your the, the development of a rigid structure, like a bar, um, to, to provide stability, it will be implemented into human subjects um, at the U.S. Capitol, and this revolutionary device will be called a backbone. <laughs> Tom! Tom! Two points. You still lose, but damn it, you win with that one right there, sir. I like white guys on our side. We need more of you. All right. 
right. Thank you, everyone, for coming. This was a presentation from DC Science Comedy, the organization that I'm the founder of. We have a show in May. Uh, please come look at our Facebook page. And then also, as Tara said, Taste of Science DC. So thank you all for coming a lot. This is just kind of a fun experiment that we did. And don't tell NPR we did this. All right. <laughs> thank you, everyone, and have a good night. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this live recording. It was almost like being there, lack of images notwithstanding. If you've been missing our chats and fabulous scientists, have no fear. Next week, we'll be back with our regular scheduled programming. Season six features trips to the west coast of the US, the UK, and all the way down under in Australia. I'll spare you my terrible rendition of a Aussie accent. We hope you're excited as we are. Until then, ciao for now.